I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner. A weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today, as we wind up one year and start a new year, I thought it would be kind of interesting to take a look at something that's running rampant in the church, on the internet, throughout Christianity, and even in some areas of Judaism, because there's so much turmoil in the world right now. What am I talking about? Well, if you're Christian, the second coming of Jesus. If you're Jewish, the coming of the Messiah. For Christians, the main focus is probably Matthew chapter 24. If you're Jewish, one of the main places to look is Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 through 10. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 24. The setting is that Jesus has just come out of the temple, and he's going away. And his disciples come to him, and then Jesus points out something to them. He says, you see all these things, and he's pointing to the temple. Truly, I tell you, not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down, meaning the temple will be destroyed. And of course, that would have been a startling thing to those who were listening. And then he sits down on the Mount of Olives, which is, of course, adjacent to the city of Jerusalem and which would have had a splendid view of the temple. And the disciples came to him and asked him more details. Tell us. When will this be, and what will be the sign of your coming? So they know that he's coming back again. And then it goes on and says, and what will be the end of the age? Now, that is kind of a curious phrase for us in English, but the gist of it means the current way things are. When will be the end of the way things currently are of this age? And that age was intended to end or believed to end when the Messiah would come back, if you're a Christian, or when the Messiah would come, if you're Jewish. And so that's the nature of the question. When is the entire world going to change? Because you come back again. His disciples are asking Jesus. And so Jesus, being willing to answer the question, starts to describe. And he says, beware that nobody leads you astray. 
for many will come in my name saying, I'm the Messiah, and they're going to lead many people astray. And then Jesus says, and you, meaning those who are listening then, will hear about wars and rumors of wars. Don't be alarmed. Nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes. And this is only the beginning of birth pangs, meaning of great, great pain. And we know all this is intended to be. Uh, The wars, rumors of wars, nation rising up, famines, earthquakes. These are often attributed to the very, very last days. But Jesus is presenting these as happening during the lifetime of his disciples, his apostles. How do we know that? Because Matthew 24, verse 9 says, Well, after all these things happen, the wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, verse 9, then they will hand you, my apostles, over to be tortured, and you will be put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. So many of these things that people attribute to our day, according to Matthew 24, were believed to be have happened during the time of the apostles from the words of Jesus himself. Now, there are places in the book of Revelation, for example, chapter 6, verse 12, where we have similar kinds of things happening in the last days, but those shouldn't be implied from Matthew 24, at least the first few verses. Okay, so after this prediction, which must not have been a fun one to hear for the disciples that they would be put to death, then many people would fall away and many false prophets would arise. And then there are some interesting comments about the love of many waxing cold and the ones who endure this will be saved. And then it goes on and talks about after the gospel is proclaimed, this is verse 14, throughout the world, then the end will come. So the thing that's going to take this huge amount of time is proclaiming the gospel throughout the world. Notice it doesn't say there are going to be huge conversions. It doesn't say how many people the gospel will be preached to. It doesn't say all people will have to hear the gospel before the end will come, before the second coming will happen. It just says the gospel will be preached throughout the world. I don't know. Maybe that's happened already. Maybe we're just at the tip of the iceberg with that, and much, much, much more must happen. We do not have enough information for Matthew 24, verse 14, to say, because it's too indefinite. Now, here's an interesting comment as well. In verse 15, he goes on and says, when you see the abomination of desolation, standing where it ought not, flee into the mountains. Now, what does this mean? This is a reference to the Romans coming in, sacking Jerusalem, and committing sacrilege in the temple and destroying the temple. The Romans came. They're the ones that took one stone off from another and destroyed the temple. Before they did all of that, they also tore down 
the veil of the temple and sacrificed pigs on the altar, which would have made it desecrated in, in the eyes of the Jews because swine were unclean. And that is believed to be the abomination which made the sacred place desolate, the destruction of the temple and sacrificing swine there. So there's a little tidbit of information about what early Christians believed Jesus meant by his statement about the abomination of desolation. And, of course, this is also a reference to Daniel. And then we go on to talking about the future a little bit more, which is Jesus saying that woe unto the people, those who are pregnant in those days and who are nursing, because it's going to be pretty rough. You're going to have to run away and flee the Romans. And if those days weren't cut short, many, many more people would die. And then he goes on and talks about the elect would be saved. Now, as we move along, we get to this fascinating, fascinating phrase that we find in verse 27 of Matthew 24, where he says, just as lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will the coming be of the Son of Man. And what does that mean? It means that the coming of the Son of Man will be easy to see for anyone, just as it's hard to not see lightning, as lightning is visible to everyone, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. Now, let's take a minute and talk about this phrase, Son of Man. That is Jesus' most used phrase, or maybe famous or favorite phrase, describing himself. He described himself as the Son of Man over and over and over. So what does that mean? Well, we have the Joseph Smith comment that that means Son of Man of Holiness, referencing God the Father. In Jewish contexts, this would have meant the Messiah. The Son of Man in Daniel and in many other places in apocalyptic literature had a specific reference to the Messiah. So here, Jesus is claiming himself to be the Messiah. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Today, our discussion centers around the second coming of Jesus and the signs of the times and how things that Jesus said were shortly to come to pass during the lifetime of the apostles are often 
attributed to our day when they should not be. So let's go back to Matthew 24. These are the words of Jesus. He's talking about in verse 27 how just as it's easy to see lightning, it will be easy to see when the Son of Man, when the Messiah returns. And he goes on from there in verse 30. He says, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power. So what's this sign of the Son of Man that will appear in heaven? We have this fascinating comment about that from Joseph Smith. He said, and this is recorded in the history of the church, and it's easy to find also in the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, because it's also quoted there as well, that the world will say or mistake the final sign of the second coming of Jesus or the coming of the Messiah as a planet or comet in the heavens. And so they won't see it for what it is. So that would be the final sign according to Joseph Smith. Now, one other comment here about Matthew 24. Well, there are a few others that we ought to make. One is that no one knows the day or hour that all the things happen. In verse 36, it says that the angels in heaven don't know, and Jesus says he doesn't even know, but only the Father knows, and that's it. And then he goes on to talk about how the coming of the Son of Man will be at a time that is unexpected in verse 44. It will come at an unexpected hour. Now, that's fascinating because when everybody expects it, it's not going to happen. When it's unexpected, that's when Jesus will come back. The other way it's described in verse 43 is as a thief in the night, something that's unexpected and surprising and catches someone off guard. All right, from there, the words of Jesus, let's take a look at some of the other verses that are involved in the second coming. Zechariah, we should have time to get to that. And also some of the amazing things that have happened since the restoration of the church in 1830. One of the most significant of those in connection with the restoration is Orson Hyde. In March of 1840, he had this amazing personal vision in which the Spirit told him that he was to visit the cities of London, Amsterdam, Constantinople, and Jerusalem. And that in Jerusalem, he was to declare to those of Judah that they must gather together, assemble yourselves, and go into the reference cities. So Orson Hyde did it. He was originally supposed to go with a missionary companion, if you will, uh, John Page. It wasn't quite a mission, but something very close to it. But Page didn't go with him. So he went by himself. 
And according to the minutes of a meeting on April 6th of 1840, Hyde was sent off with an official letter of introduction from Joseph Smith and First Presidency to visit the cities of London, Amsterdam, Constantinople, and Jerusalem, and a whole bunch of other places, and proclaim, quote, the Jewish nations have been scattered abroad for a long period, and in our estimation, the time for the commencement of their return to the Holy Land has already arrived, close quote. So Orson Hyde and the First Presidency and presumably all the apostles and the church believed that it was time for the restoration of the Jews. Now, remember, there was no state of Israel. This was just kind of essentially open territory. So for two and a half years, Orson Hyde travels from Nauvoo to various places in Europe and ultimately to Jerusalem. He stayed in Jerusalem for 18 months from April of 1841 to December of 1842. And he recorded that before dawn on October 24th of 1841, he climbed up the Mount of Olives. This is the same place where, of course, I just mentioned Jesus told the apostles about the second coming. So he climbed Orson Hyde climbs the Mount of Olives overlooking the city of Jerusalem, and then and there, under inspiration, he composed and then recited a prayer. It's fairly lengthy. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'll read a short part of it. Quote, Now, O Lord, thy servant has been obedient to the heavenly vision which thou gavest him in his native land, meaning the United States. And under the shadow of thine outstretched arm, he has safely arrived in this place, meaning Jerusalem, to dedicate and consecrate this land unto thee, listen to this, for the gathering together of Judah's scattered remnants, according to the predictions of the holy prophets, and for the building up of Jerusalem, again, after it has been trodden down by the Gentiles for so long, and get this, and for the rearing a temple in honor of thy name. Close quote. I won't go on from there. But see, you have here the gathering of the Jews before a state of Israel existed, a dedication and prediction that the city of Jerusalem would be rebuilt, and also a statement that a temple would be rebuilt. Now that is is fascinating, and it's also not often mentioned. We talk about a temple that will be built in Jackson County, but not the rebuilding of a temple in Jerusalem. So after he delivers his prayer, Orson Hyde made a small stone altar, and many, many years later, over 100 years later, actually 150 years later, there was an Orson Hyde Memorial Garden that was de- dedicated in 1979, was funded by a number of members of the church. Now, fascinatingly enough, Hyde's, Orson Hyde's predictions or prophecies or dedications, or however you'd like to describe them, came true. Many, many Jews in the 1800s, and then especially in connection with the atrocities 
of Germany began to leave Europe and Russia and go back to Israel, the ancient homeland, Palestine, however you want to describe it, Jerusalem. Here's how it officially happened. On November 29th, of 1947, in Resolution 181, the General Assembly of the United Nations officially formed the State of Israel. And after that, many, many people, many, many Jews began to come. And that's when Israel became great. And the increase in the number of Jews to the State of Israel has continued to increase and increase and increase over time. That's one of the great prophecies of the latter days that's to happen before the coming of the Messiah, which has, uh, has been fulfilled. Now, take a look at Zechariah chapter 14 and read verses 1 through 10, and you'll see about the second coming of Jesus, about how he will come back and stand on the Mount of Olives and there will be great things that, that will happen. I don't have time to go through that, but it's a wonderful set of verses. I'm out of time. Join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.